other things That's to know, lot. which will be for next show, like obviously Pac-Man repo already enabled. Oh, cool. Yeah, not not Pac-Man, the package manager, Pac-Man, the repo. Yeah. Right. Uh, enabled out of the box. So you don't have to fiddle around with any of the extra, adding the extra repo bits. So right. if you had the NVIDIA, you'd be all set. Um, plus you get all the H.264 codec stuffs, you know. Yes. They, I mean, I said it before and everybody trying to disagree with me, but Gecko is Linux Mint to it is. like Debian as opposed, like, like, yeah, Tumbleweed to Gecko is mm-hmm. like Debian to Linux Mint or LMDE at least. And, oh, yeah. Yeah, it, it's like why Linux Mint began, right? Honestly. Yeah. But yeah. To, to, to fix all those pain point things in Ubuntu that you couldn't fix. So yeah, do not send me. Gecko to does that. How to page the very first time I want anything done. Don't do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, as I as I get better, cool. But mm-mm. yeah, not out of the gate. I think it. Uh, yeah, it solves a lot of that stuff. Coming up in this episode today, I learned. Let's get generous. Browser watch. So much feedback. An automated whack-a-mole. Hello and welcome to Season 3, Episode 13 of Linux User Space. I'm Dan. And I'm Leo. Hey, Leo. You know, uh, big news, big, big, big news. I'm super mm. happy with this, and I know you are as well. Oh, yeah. We're on Tilvitz. We're Finally. on Finally. We've, we've been talking about getting federated uh, and all the things yep. for a little while now. We have. And slowly but surely, I think Dan had the first Mastodon account. Yeah. Then, and I say the rest of us because this is a while ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. finally got on Mastodon as well. We did some shuffling. Some things happened. Dan had to come to Mastodon.social. <laughs> uh, and then I moved around a couple of times. And then we started talking about what else could we federate. Yeah. And PeerTube yeah. was something that we wanted to add to the lineup. And after a little bit of, uh, you know, backroom chats, we got hooked up with a Tilvids account. Yeah. And I, I'm... I'm I'm loving the you know the instance. I think uh, I like what they stand for, and we certainly fit in there with the history bits that we do. And yes. you know, today I learned, right? Yeah, today I learned video. So the the so Tilvids. First off, um, I know we say federation and the the f word a lot, <laughs> but uh, Tilvids is not federated with it any other peer tube instance. It is. It is not. It's nice and siloed away. Um, and it is really just for educational type content. Yeah. And our intention with that is to move over the educational stuff. So usually yep. just the, the history stuff, um, and anything else that falls under the, uh, you know, you might learn something out of this, right. uh, out of this snippet of video. And so, so you say it's not federated, but like a couple of cool things that I'll point out here. You can subscribe to the thing 
even though it's not necessarily ah. federated. And so you can see those notifications of whenever a new video hits, uh, you know, for any of right. the channels that you're, you're interested in, you can, you can watch those in your Mastodon actually. And so whenever, whenever a new video hits, hits our channel, it'll show up in your Mastodon feed. Which is really kind of cool, right? That's cool. They just fly by as like all the Mastodon things do. Um, and the other thing that you can do, and and I know you noticed this too, is anything that's in the Fediverse really is just an RSS feed. So you can subscribe to that RSS feed um, with like a feed reader or something like that. And then, right. uh, you know, get get your, you know, subscription that way. Yeah, you don't even yeah, you don't even have to go to the website itself to actually yep. get the content, which I think is just really cool. cool. Yeah. Yeah, and and I mean if you just if you're just not a fan of YouTube. So, when you watch the uh the what is Tilvid's video, we'll have that linked in the show notes cuz it is uh it is a real short video. Um but it's about privacy, right? There's no ads. Mm -hmm. There's no tracking. Um none of that. None of that stuff. So, all of the things that you might not like about YouTube uh doesn't exist. Right. Over on uh, over on the old Tilvids, which is kind of nice. Um, it's just a good place to be. I think we're in good company, right? You have yeah. um, the Linux experiment. You yep. have uh, Veronica explains. Yep. Uh, you have the Thunderbird uh, channel over there yeah. as well. Tech Tech Lore Tech Lore is over there. Tech Lore, yeah, yeah. exactly. So there, yeah, there are there's there's some good ones. Mm -hmm. uh, tons of other educational type stuff over there. So I mean, if you find us there. Uh, you're going to find a lot of other stuff that might interest yeah. you as well. I, I'm happy. I'm I'm feeling very comfortable there myself. So I, I hope everyone, you know, just checks it out at least once and enjoys it. And uh, like we said, if, if YouTube's not your thing and you still want to get some video, uh, that's the place to go. That is the place to be. Uh, I did. Uh, so this episode, it's just got a lot, a lot. A lot of feedback. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> we're just going to be sprinkling it throughout the the entire show. I think some of them bring up a lot of good points, and we're gonna we're gonna dive into that. But uh, the first one is uh, from Bruno, and uh, he mentions uh, just wanted to check if the music coming in on uh, on at two twenty on the Alpine video was meant to happen or some weird audio sync issue. Um, yeah, it was a weird issue. Oops. Uh, this this video, well, so for full disclosure, this video was rendered and somehow, because um, what I'll do is I have this I have this big long timeline yep. of the show itself, and then I'll I'll take bits of that timeline, scooch it way out over here, and then render a new video based off of it. Um, what I guess happened was because you can draw a box around stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, is I guess I drew a box around some of the, the, audio the bumper bit. audio Yeah, or bumper something. audio, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so scooched it out and rendered the video, and it was just in there. But the the reason I bring that up, because that got uploaded to YouTube, um, and it's one, of our, it's one of our highest viewed videos of all time. Yeah, it kind of is. Um, right? Like, so uh, I just figured, you know... It's yeah. doing fine. It, it's the I, exact I, same video that is on YouTube. Yep. Not just did they get up. It's the exact same thing. It's the it's same the, file. Yeah. It is the <laughs> same video. And I thought, why not just immortalize my mistake from here until forever? 
Um, you know, we're, I mean, we're human here, really. It happens. Yeah. It ha- well, I did it. I did it with the uh, the Ubuntu video too. I'd actually um, released the Ubuntu video a few Mondays ago, and mm-hmm. I guess it was the uh, two episodes ago. Yep. The Monday where we don't have anything coming out. Uh, I published it then, and um, I was notified that uh, it uh, it was missing some of me. It, it's just a chunk of it gone yeah <laughs> yeah yeah just, just and i think it was like a whole two minutes or whatever of me just you can see my lips moving but they're, they're not doing a thing and the ubuntu video was actually quite a long one so i didn't i didn't watch the entire thing through and uh yeah whoops <laughs> whoops but that one um you, you can't you can't brush that one off right if, if you don't hear me talking for a little while and uh, two minutes yeah, that's not quite time yeah <laughs> not quite not quite <laughs> so um so that Oof. one got pulled down i do have to re-render that one but yeah. uh yeah little mistakes like that uh i think hmm. i'll stuff i'll happens. leave in there a uh, little little extra music in there whatever yeah, i'll leave it in there yeah, i don't think it's that that big of a deal it's, it's not but, um, too distracting but it did make me laugh, and it seems to not have affected, uh, other than to be slightly annoying for about twelve seconds, or maybe maybe less. Time, actually, maybe, I think it's a, yeah, it's a pretty short bumper. It's, it's a bumper, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, whoops, uh, that happens. That that kind of thing happens. Yeah. You know? mm. But all in all, uh, we have no idea what we're doing. So you know, just join us. Yeah. Um. I, I, there's a there's a thing like so when you sign up for Tilvids, um, you get that there's there's like an account for you yep. attached to Mastodon ish that maybe 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 you know maybe you know this more than I do but we do like linux user space at tilvids.com does exist on Mastodon oh yeah like i said that's part of the thing so like i subscribe to the video but like if i comment like a reply or a comment on that like it goes back into tilvids and same like they go back and forth like the oh. comment system is back and forth between the two and it's shared. That's the part that is federated, even though the videos aren't like, you know, going to every instance of PeerTube. God. The, the, the comment stuff is like, and that's the kind of cool see. thing. And it's just, uh, I don't know. Like, I think it's like a highlight of the way the Fediverse can work. And everybody that has a PeerTube instance kind of uh, runs things slightly different depending on how they want so yeah um as an example um our friends over at jupiter broadcasting have their own peer tube instance mm-hmm. and they do all of their show recordings like when they do it live like you know like we do it live too but um when they do theirs live they stream that out uh live and um then they have the archive of the live show that sits in their peer tube and that's the only thing that's on their peer tube is their their content and oh. you know obviously so other people can you know subscribe to that or whatever but um that's kind of a unique way to do that like cuz like peer tube has the live feature now in the later versions i yes uh, um, and and tilvids has those checkboxes i haven't tested them out yet mm-hmm. but uh what so assuming and by the way when dan said we have we have no idea what we're doing. I think Dan's just talking about me. Um, no, that's, I don't. A, that's I'm, I'm a, flying. That's a, I'm flying fast, baby. That's a we. That's a we. <laughs> um, I just click some boxes sometimes and get lucky. What can I say? <laughs> uh, hey. So speak. But but speaking of clicking some boxes, the the, the live stream boxes mm-hmm. do exist in yep. in Tilvids. I am curious 
would people that that yeah, tend to watch things live or you know even after the fact right um would that be something that you would prefer like as a because we do twitch um and you know I've, i don't have any kind of like love for twitch or um anything any of the live stream services really yeah uh, i don't know it, it wouldn't better. bother me to yeah. go to youtube or anything right. or, or really anywhere um but would that encourage you to come out and hang out or or not that's a good question yeah no i like it yeah Interesting. Well, let us know. Um, For sure. Obviously, 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 we'll just read your feedback because we got a lot coming up. We got a whole show of that. So, yeah, yeah. If you haven't subbed on uh, YouTube and now Tilbits, uh, do it now while we got you distracted. Uh, we got the links; they're there. Um, you just go click on them, and uh, you know, don't forget you can watch us on Twitch and maybe some other platform if that's what you prefer. But you got to let us know. Um, you know, normally when things are going really well. Uh, watch for the announcements in the so- social places and uh, we'll let you know when we're live. Uh, and I, I love our patrons and I know Leo does as well. So it's, it's hard to keep up with all the folks that really there's a bunch of them over there and they get some good bits now. Um, we started, oh, yeah. we started last time giving them the recording of our live uh, episode, you know, the video, not just the audio, they get the video. Yeah. They get the uncut version. I do, yeah. I do a quick little, uh, quick little edit, make things a little bigger because uh, OBS comes out just, just me and Dan. Yeah. Uh, so you know, I, I stick a logo on it and and just. It's really basic. Yeah. Yes. So uh, I think that's the that's the top tier. Uh, yeah. You get the video after the fact, after the live stream. So if you're not here to watch the live stream, we got you. Yep. It's there anyway, and you can watch it whenever you want through Patreon. And uh, you also get the audio after the fact, and the tier below that, you also get uh, just the audio of the live stream. So you're really not missing too terribly much, unless you just really enjoy looking you get at the, the high face. quality audio. Yeah, it's good stuff. <laughs> That's also true. You get uh, you get the high quality audio, so that music is big and fancy when mm-hmm. you get it. Yep, lots of perks. Um, if you want to join, you know, the other patrons, you can do so. Patreon.com/slash Linux User Space. Up first, our first big topic feedback uh, thing. Yeah, we said we said there was a lot of feedback. Um, it's, it's all feedback. So much feedback that we just made some of the feedback a topic. But uh, this one just made a really good topic. So this is from Johnny on Patreon. Um, hi, Leo and Dan. I thoroughly appreciate the uncut version of the episodes. Seeing how the Linux sausages are made is great, and it really highlights. The U in LUS. Uh, the, the U stands for ultimate, I think. I, I haven't checked in a while, but I think it's ultimate. Yeah, I'm, I'm good with that. Uh, I also <laughs> appreciate the effort you put into your podcasting setup. There are many content creators out there that would have better engagement and more views if only they didn't record with a potato. Oh, my God. That, that, when I, <laughs> I test on my potato. I don't record with my potato. <laughs> I when I when we first got this uh when we first got this message I this is where I busted out laughing the the potato thing I don't know why like I've 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 heard it a bunch of times but for some reason sometimes it'll catch me off guard and just cracks me up I love it I, I name my ancient things you know after some sort of potato usually like tater top yeah, the tater top yeah, oh. yeah yeah stuff like that 
He says, with the here's a here's a good question that I that I really um it'll get you thinking, I think. Um with the season of giving just around the corner, uh, if you were to each pick a Linux or Floss project to show some support, what would they be? I will be sending a tip their way, and I encourage everyone listening to do the same. Ooh, 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 ooh. So, so Leo and I really both had, had some good picks. And mm-hmm. uh, Leo, mm-hmm. you, can, you can go first with your pick. Uh, I thought oh. it was excellent and uh, very relevant. Mine helps us a whole lot. I mean, we use it every single time we drop an episode. Uh, it's Caden Live. We use it to do pretty much everything. I'd say as far as uh, producing a show, I mean, I'm in, I'm in Caden Live 85 to 90% of the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like Audacity to uh, trim up some of the audio a little bit, get out some of the clicks and pops and things like that, do, do a little uh, compression. Uh, but I probably spend maybe 30 minutes total in uh in audacity and then the hours that i spend uh putting the show together cutting it up doing um you know splicing adding shows accidentally leaving <laughs> uh audio bits in the middle of a uh, uh, thing that we put out yeah whoopsie um that's all done in caden live so i gotta go with caden live i have to it is integral to this show if caden live didn't exist this show would not exist in the way that it does and uh the newest thing is right the 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 top tier patreon thing that video goes through caden live before before yep. it hits your ears so and eyes and eyes right because yeah, the video definitely now. gonna hit your eyeballs but, yeah yeah so uh it very much very much is a huge portion of the production of this show. Mm-hmm. So, um yeah, and, yeah. and just to Kay- add on to that just a little bit, like Caden Live recently launched a new fundraising campaign. Yep. Um kind of kicked off the 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 way I think the KDE project is looking at handling a lot of fundraising throughout throughout everything. So that's kind of interesting in itself. And um yeah, no, like it's a great thing to 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 promote. I I feel like so. Um, super excited um, that you picked that one because it definitely yep it, it directly affects the show. So oh, um, they deserve it. They they, they, they absolutely deserve even even if it's a dollar, whatever it is. Yep. And and this is not just to to Johnny. This is to everybody, everybody. that um, if this is something that might get you to send them a dollar, mm-hmm. even if it's a dollar. Um, yeah, absolutely, they deserve it. So my pick is fresh RSS. It's it's also something that directly impacts the show because I feel like all of the articles that that we like they've gone through my newsfeed. I've read them maybe even a couple of times through a different oh yeah couple of different news article you know avenues, um, and then all the blogs like all of the distro blogs and the you know the desktop environment people like I watch all of that stuff. And the only way I can do that and manage it is through my RSS feeder, uh, fresh RSS. And it just, so on top of being, it sounds basic, right? Like you think email and that's just kind of boring and it looks blah, but they really spruce it up and make it look good too. So, oh yeah, I, I got a lot of props for, for the way it turns out and it's, it's simple. It, it's easy to run. I don't know. I, I, I really, I couldn't do without it because I, I use it all the time. And, and I'm, uh, I'm a little slow on the uptake. Um, Fresh RSS does indeed have themes. 
Uh, and when <laughs> you find them uh, after two weeks, as uh, give or take, <laughs> give or take, um, <laughs> then uh, you'll find that they have a default dark mode that looks fantastic. I think after I think an update, they might even have like, three of them. Yeah, I was gonna say they after an update. Uh, I think because I had. Because again, Fresh RSS runs so well, it runs in the background, and you kind of forget about it, that it runs like at all. Um, but, and then, you know, months go by, and then I updated it, yeah. and realized that there were two additional dark themes that um, that I could play with. And yeah, I mean, the moment I installed it and got a few feeds in there, the mo- that, that was the moment that I fell in love with Fresh RSS. So, yep. 100%, uh, they, deserve, they deserve a dollar. Remember, we talked about uh, Tilvids. Um, also YouTube, right? So both of those places, they essentially give you an RSS feed if you so choose. Yes. And you can subscribe to that in fresh RSS. And on top of just fresh RSS being great, there's these other people out there making extensions to go, uh, in, you know, to, to extend it just a little further. And they're really super easy. Basically you drop the stuff, you know, right out of their Git repository into the folder that, that they specify. And then um, Bob's your uncle. You just restart your container and then it's uh, available to you to add on in the extensions page. And so one of them that I have is actually to play video right inside the the, oh. the news feed page. And so, um, you know, YouTube, I can just click on the the little YouTube, you know, the embedded video, if you will, and watch it there. That's kind of handy. I got to say. Yeah. It saves me going to YouTube to go watch something that, you know, is a little short blurb of something. Yeah. As I'm, uh, as I'm getting more into the PeerTube thing and the RSS thing and the, all of this, all of this stuff, um, that may be an extension that I'm going to have to put in there, but I will say I have been using fresh RSS extension less mm-hmm. the entire yep. time. Um, and it's been absolutely, I mean, it, you don't, you don't need much in an RSS reader. I mean, just big old fancy images, a whole heck of a lot of text and some, and some links to click on when you need to click on a link. That's, that's really the extent to, to how I use RSS. Yeah, but um, some of these extensions are looking kind of nice, so I'm I'm thinking, yeah. I'm thinking, yeah. maybe I do, maybe you do, maybe, maybe I do. need one. So that's my pick for something to donate to. Yeah, I think it's a quality of life enhancement for me. So Johnny goes on and he says, uh, "Lastly, he's got another question for us. Lastly, I'd like to ask you the same question that uh, Joe, Danielle, and Popey were asked on the new show episode." four like two years ago um and i'll I'll have a link to that um if you couldn't pick any of your top three linux distributions which one would you pick next for personal use Ooh, this is hard so we're taking the top three we're wiping them right off and then we're gonna pick you know what's what's next in the list well th- this is hard because i i don't even i don't even know that i have defined what my top three actually is. Yeah. Um, wow. Okay. I'm, I'm, well, for me, like, I'm going to let you know, right? I'm top top one. I'm going to take a whole family of distros, if you will, and just wipe them right off the list because oh. I don't want to be, I mean, I contribute there. So I feel like that makes me a fanboy. So that's probably the top top one. I'm, uh, you know, got to so, eat your dog so, food. So 
Ubuntu. So every, or every any, Ubuntu? Every flavor, probably. I'm just going to wipe that oh. right off. Can't have that. Okay, we, we have to define something here real quick. Okay. Um, if you, if you get rid of all the... Follow me. But... Well, no, no, no. But, but I, I feel like that does make it more difficult to answer, which is um, interesting. Mm-hmm. If, we are, if we are getting rid of all of the Ubuntus, yeah. does that mean that things built on Ubuntu are also gone? So Linux Lite, Linux Mint, Elementary, are those... That's a good question. I feel like those are different enough. Uh, they're more de- they're derivative, not official Ubuntu and flavors. Okay, so okay, that's okay. that's where I'm drawing the line, right? Ubuntu and official flavors, those are you know kind of you know all the same a little bit. Got it. A little more Got the it. same. Okay. Okay. Um. So I'm wiping that one right off. So that's number one. I don't know where I got to think about number two. I really do, and probably obviously number three. Um, where am I going with that? Wow, that's hard. That's that doesn't leave it much is. when I get get down to the bottom of that because one of one of the one of one of my favorites that we we did um, was Void. I really liked Void, so that's probably oh. like my number two, right? So Void was great because we built it up from nothing, and you kind of kind of did your own thing there, um, right? Using you know different init systems, so that was kind of nice. It made it kind of fast packages were fresh so yeah that's my number two i think so what okay what's number three three three. boy i really i really enjoyed arch when we did arch the archway i know what you're gonna do so i gotta i gotta i gotta move that one aside probably too so that's number three wait arch like arch 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 arch. arch the archway wow yeah okay i didn't see that one coming Okay, good. Yeah, <laughs> I like to keep you on your toes. Wow! So the tinkerer so comes out. There's one, two, and three right there. Uh, I like. Wow! I like making my own. I guess. If, if okay, so he, here's why I asked if all of the if if Ubuntu derivatives were also off the board, off the table. Okay. Because I mean, it. it I don't. I don't think it takes uh, a whole lot of deep knowledge to know that I like Linux Mint. Mm-hmm. Um, and it probably doesn't take a whole lot more knowledge to know that I really enjoy elementary OS as well. Mm-hmm. That would probably be one and two. Okay. Um, okay. So what's number three? L- let's, let's say, <clears throat> let's say that, um, Ubuntu is available, right? Like Linux Mint, elementary OS, Ubuntu, but that makes it so boring. So let's say that uh, Linux Mint's still my first yep. favorite. Yeah. Um, but we're, let's just get rid of all the Ubuntu's. Okay. If because Linux Mint is an Ubuntu derivative, um, just all of Ubuntu is gone at this point. All right. Um. Yeah. And you know what? Uh, I I thought about a lot of the things that um that came in feedback wise, but uh, I forgot to think about this before we came on the show. Yeah. So no, this I is, didn't this either. Is, yeah. This, this is, is Cox turning time. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not, uh, <laughs> I don't know, man. Uh, so, okay. I mean, because what I look for in a system is something that I don't really have to think about too much. So that mm-hmm. kind of, it, it really it makes it hard to run an arch or any kind of rolling distribution. It really does. Um, mostly because I don't want to update that often. Uh, and when I do update, I, I don't want updates to be seismic. I, I don't want the world to change underneath yeah, me. I can see that. Uh, so that that makes things uh, that that kind of trims out a little bit of of what my choice would be. 
Um, but it doesn't take it off the table. Mm-hmm. So, hmm, with no Ubuntu, right? Would I go to the source? Ooh. You know what? No, with no Ubuntu. Ah, oh, see, but it, but it, it's, it's kind of, sort of in the middle, right? I mean, uh, I want to say Fedora. Okay. Yeah, I, 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 I could picture that for you. I really could. Because, I mean, the changes are, it's, it's not quite rolling, though nope. it is extremely up to date. Uh, they don't, they don't seismic you unless you're going from Fedora 36 to Fedora 37 or something like that. Um, and in a case like that, you have time to prepare. So you know an update like that is coming, um, you know, usually months in advance. So you can prepare. Um, and I'm okay with preparation, you know, like the mm-hmm. Pipewire thing, yeah. right? Like mm-hmm. we do a lot of audio. So, you know, Pipewire is a, a big change and it would require a lot of thinking to to get figured out. So, yeah, it's not okay. too bad, by the way. So with, <laughs> with none of the Buntus at all, yeah, no, it would be Linux Mint and then it would be Fedora. Okay. Now is the real tough one. Okay. Because Ubuntu and Fedora slash Red Hat slash CentOS slash all those are ones that I'm very familiar with. And I think it's easy to go to Fedora because I'm still familiar with RPM-based distros, uh, specifically the Red Hat ilk. Um, so, you know, that one's not a scary change at all. But now we're, we're there. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- those are my two fail-safes. Those are the ones that I would feel most comfortable on. So the third choice, whatever it's going to be, because uh, I still haven't thought about it yet, yeah. is um, it's going to have to be way different. It's going to be way different. Um, would would I be that boring? Would I be a Debian guy? Mm. I mean, Flatpak exists. This is how we got around in Slackware. It is. I mean, for for a minute, I was like, I should say Slackware. But, I mean, I don't think so. I really don't. Um, it's it's too involved. I think uh, I don't want to think about my updates that much. I don't want to have to manually decide what there needs is to a lot of things. A lot of cases, but you got to remember there's number right. you know three or four here. We're we're deeper into the into the pool. Yeah, yeah. Slackware's number one in my heart though. So mm-hmm. you know, if you ask me that question, Slackware. But um, actually, usage on a day to day, my 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 key point is stability. I want to turn it on and I want to know that it works every single time. And Debian does fit that bill. Um, it, it is so slow moving, in fact. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, I'm not going to follow that up. But uh, it is a slow moving distro. I do like that about it. And you could I go think, testing if you really want to get, you know, adventurous. Right. And, and you know, in a, in a case like this, I don't think I do. I don't think I want to be yeah, adventurous. I want it. You want it to just work. You want to turn it on? Work? Good. Yeah. 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 Once my hardware is supported, I don't want to think about it anymore. Mm-hmm. I just want security patches, pretty much. Um, maybe th- Maybe that's it. Is that the one? That's that's not bad. It's not a bad choice. I I, I could see you picking that. Yeah, honestly, yeah. I could. All right. So here's the I, big question: What do you pick? Well, like let's. Those are all gone. Can't use them at all. Number four is the one that you're gonna you're gonna now make your personal choice. And <sighs> so, um, I don't know. Like we we did a bunch. Like obviously, so I did arch. I said arch the archway. Um, yeah. Because I really like I re- I really like tinkering on it. But in a way, um, we did some other arch ones that were pretty great, a um, little less tinkery. And sometimes I did feel like that got in the ways. So they, they, they could be on a list because it's still, you can get back to the, you know, getting some of that stuff out of the way. Or 
am I going to go like total tinkerer, total tinkerer and go like Slackware and have to, to, to handle all of the dependencies from now until forever? Ooh. Oh, that that's, that's tough. Um, or like I've still got Fedora on the table, I suppose, which was, oh, you it, do, it, which was pretty great to me. Um, a little out of my comfort zone, I guess. That's why it's further down the list. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd actually feel more comfortable in Arch, um, for what it's worth. So yeah, number four, I'm, I'm Fedora. That's, that's my number four. Okay. Yeah. That's a good one. That's a good one. Ah, uh, man. I'm I'm out of options. I think. I mean, pretty Kinda, much all of but all. No, of, no. Yeah, you got some arch choices that aren't terrible. Well, I I say I say out of options. I mean out of yeah. I mean the top three are my top three. Like that. <laughs> that's who I'd go with. <laughs> um. Yeah, we're we're in we're in untrodden territory. I think it's it's between two. It's between two. I'd have to I'd have to see these two fight to the death. It is between Open Seuss Tumbleweed. Okay. Yep. I figured that was going to be towards the top. Yep. And Endeavor OS. Okay. Yeah. I could see that too. So the 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 reason I, I can consider Endeavor OS um, is because I can do ButterFS and TimeShift. Mm-hmm. That's the same but, reason you could use OpenSUSE. Right. Exactly. <laughs> um. You know, I, I think I'm going to have to go with OpenSUSE Tumbleweed. I have to. It's a, it's a little I better... Stability model, I suppose, right? Because the snapshot yep. release mechanism that they they choose, so that's fair. Uh, I guess I guess super runner up would be Manjaro. Oh, um, really? But that, that's, but that's but, really high. And and I would and I would have to and I would have to say no Manjaro, just simply for the same reason that I wouldn't do Endeavor OS because I would have to uh, choose ButterFS on the Ooh. setup. I'd have to set up uh, time shift and get all that going and everything like that. Whereas with OpenSUSE, remember, m- one of my requirements is I don't want to have to think about it too much. Yeah. And that that that's that comes stock. Uh, the snapshotty yeah. thing comes stock. And I like that. I like not thinking about it. Because what I want to yeah. do is I want to log into my laptop and I want to do the work. It, um, it, and so for me, the, the runner-up for me is is probably Garuda. Okay, okay. Uh, and... and, and like I was alluding to the things it's a, it's a little flashy in the appearance, uh, I suppose, which I find, um, I, I don't want to say off putting. It's not for me. It's not that I'm not the edgy gamer type. I, uh, you, true. you know what I'm saying? Um, it's not terrible though. It is really consistent and and I can get along with it. So that's why I say it's not off putting, but it's just not my style. Um, but I, I overall, like I could easily use that. And, and get by yeah. really well. Yeah, yeah. But I will say, uh, I haven't looked at Manjaro in quite a long time. So yeah, um, that's fair. There, there may have there may have been things uh, that that changed in Manjaro. I'll need to take another look. But as it stands now, from the from my latest experience, yeah, uh, it's got to be it's got to be the tumbleweed man. Okay. Yeah. And so, like be. all all of my choices were based on things we've covered in the show. We still got more distros that we haven't covered yet. Oh, I know. I know. There's so much to do. So much to do, Dan. Uh, speaking of so much to do, we have feedback to that. Got more show. <laughs> well, actually, lots of feedback. <laughs> lots of feedback to that effect. Um, so yeah, uh, we'll 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 start heading that way. But uh, to finish out on uh, Johnny's feedback, uh, less mugs, other merch. Uh, yes, please. And yeah, so it's in the works. It's in the works. Got to figure out a couple of things on um on how exactly this is going to work but um but yeah 
yeah, stickers and mugs and things. Those are coming. So you can catch the great topics as they unfold on our subreddit or our news channel on Discord. Uh, linuxuserspace.show slash reddit or linuxuserspace.show slash discord for those. And then, you know, we've got Telegram and Matrix and Mastodon. We've got that one, too. And now Tilvids and oh yeah, Twitter. I don't know. We, but we need another redirect now. Yeah, we do. That's a good point. <laughs> um, I'll have to work on that. Gives me something to do. There you go. So, up next, Mozilla Watch. First up, Mozilla put up this this blog post about adding accessibility. Not just adding accessibility for Mozilla users, but just internet users in general, honestly. And 8-step? Is that what we're talking about? Yes. Yeah, so, um, uh, Jamie Te yep. uh, joined Mozilla in 2017. Uh, blind from birth? Uh, from 2006, was working on non-visual desktop access. So, I mean, this is this is basically just helping people that cannot see get around on a computer, uh, and it's it's huge work. So, uh, joined in 2017 as an accessibility engineer, and since then has been working to make uh, not just the desktop but Firefox itself more accessible. And uh, one of the cool things that's been happening here lately was uh, text recognition in macOS. This is uh, kind of standing on top of uh, some of the inbuilt functionality right. of macOS. Like when you have an image, I don't, I don't know if, uh, I'm sure, surely Android can do this too, where you have an image yeah, so, and yeah. there's a bunch of text in the image and then you can like copy it, like the text itself. Mm -hmm. And I use it a lot myself. Uh, I'll take a picture of a serial number. And then I'll copy paste it and like chuck it into notes or something like that. Uh, make it real easy. Cause, uh, I mean, uh, how many times will I like incorrectly copy that? Yeah. Right? Yeah. So like the optical recognition converts that, if you will. And then you can copy the text, which is cool. Right. But the thing that I don't see <laughs> is that um, that also helps folks that are using screen readers sure. trying to read an image. Yeah. Yeah. And. So anyway, so you have this really cool thing that Firefox is now able to use in macOS that will just read images, which is fantastic. Mm -hmm. um, but this is just one part of a larger thing that is going on called Cache the World. Right. Um, this is an, uh, an accessibility push that, um, so let me, let me just read what this is. Um, so Firefox, or Mozilla says, uh, Firefox current architecture for multi-process accessibility suffers from severe performance issues and is costly and difficult to maintain due to the massively different and specialized approaches necessary on different operating systems, right? Windows does it different, Mac does it different, Linux does it different. In addition, it's currently impossible to support built-in Windows accessibility mm. tools such as narrator and Windows speech recognition. This This project, meaning Cache the World, aims to re-architect our multi-process accessibility support to cache the entire accessibility trees for all content processes within the parent process. Okay, pulling the, pulling the curtain back on that. What that means is uh, they're making it faster yeah. to make things accessible inside of Firefox. Yeah, because the speed is not up to, to where it needs to be to be able to read these things right. well. And it bringing in tools that didn't previously work. Correct. So this is... Absolutely huge. So we're, we were looking at, uh, so a lot of this, Milestone Zero, a lot of work had been done prior to this, but uh, December 2021, 
um, was Milestone Zero, and it was the initial proof of concept. Yep. Uh, squashed a lot of bugs, made it to Milestone One in March 2022, and this was getting it on, getting it working on Android. And uh, another another ton of bugs squashed. Uh, Milestone Two, August 2022, and this is now where Windows users uh, in the nightlies can now opt in to test it out, see how it's working. And figure, uh, yeah, just essentially yeah. help make this work. Uh, milestone three, 2022, uh, that's now. That's that's what this, we uh, this, this previous is post yeah. is talking about, uh, is enabled by default in Nightly 109, uh, which is now. So um, that's fantastic. And there, there are a few more milestones that, uh, that I mean, essentially just scoop in more and more yep. and more and more and more Windows users. Uh, what's interesting, they don't have a date on it. But um, so Milestone 6, May 2023, is basically all Windows users will have all of these features, all these accessibility features on. Um, stable, yep. right? Everybody gets it. Then the next milestone after that is enable for all Mac and Linux users on beta. So if you're on the beta channel, that means you get this. And then, uh, But there's no date on it. So I'm assuming late 2023. Yeah, probably, and then, right? Yeah, fall And then 2023. Milestone yeah. 8. Uh, is just going to be all Mac and Linux users will have this functionality. So I'm, I mean, again, just spitballing here. Early 2024 is likely, maybe, possibly, could be. Yeah, things have to go right. Obviously, I mean, this is software of development, course. so you know, you can't have a whole bunch of bugs and setbacks. So, yeah. And so I, I think, uh, I mean, this is a lot of good work. There are oh, a lot this of is people. Amazing. This is just absolutely yeah. amazing. Accessibility engineers are just, there's not that many of them out there in the world. Um, and so the fact that uh, Mozilla is invested in this is is pretty great, I think. Yeah, just natively, there's been improvements in things. Because, like, we, even though we're not visually Im impaired, get to utilize some of the benefits. Like, when you go to a web page that, you know, offers up the, the reading, uh, you know, the reader mode, if you will. Um, and so like you get to, to read through that, that helps w when you think about it, that's helping the people with screen readers, uh, be able to read that page too, because it's not all garbly gook with ads and pictures and such. Yep. Absolutely. I mean, there's, there's a lot of information out there, um, that, that may be inaccessible to some folks mm -hmm. and this is an attempt to make it all accessible yeah, to which as fantastic. many folks as possible. Really great. So. Uh, I applaud this, and um, I mean, you know, somebody's paycheck might be a little too big, but at the, at the very least, you can see that uh, some of the money is going to good, a good whole things. lot of good stuff. Yep. Yep. But speaking of good things, just a bit of a reminder, because uh, they put out a another blog post a couple days later about reflecting on a decade of anti-tracking, and this is really just, um, at least the very first thing that we're going to talk about is a reiteration of why I like Firefox so much, yeah, and why Brave is my second choice. Mm -hmm. um, but um, total cookie protection, right? Just a reminder that every website you go to has its own cookie jar that cookies are put into, and when you leave to another separate website, those cookies do not follow you around. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they don't. And mingle. the cookies don't mingle. They do not, right? Uh, I mean, even even when you're talking about um, websites that have historically been really good at tracking you oh, yeah. on the web. Yeah. 
this defeats a lot of that stuff, and you have to do nothing except for install Firefox and use it. Yeah, just just open it up. That That is it. And I mean, uh, multi-account containers, the extension helps out with this a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. But the the real meat and potatoes of total cookie protection is just on by default. And it's absolutely amazing. One of the best browsers that you can get your hands on. And it just, it I, I think it goes without saying that, um, you know, monoculture is not good for anybody. So everybody no. being on a Chromium-based browser, probably not going to be a good thing in general. Um, so watching Firefox and watching Mozilla push these particular boundaries, I think is uh, is absolutely fantastic, which mm-hmm. is why I'll keep using it. Why yeah. I'll keep talking about it and yeah, yeah. supporting yeah. what they're doing. Privacy focused right out of the box. You don't yeah. have to do anything. Um, and I guess to take that a step further, like they really kind of turned it on with the, the VPN stuff too. And mm-hmm. um, they partnered with Mulvad. You obviously have to put your trust in, in the provider that you choose. So you do. You got to do some homework on that. That's all I'm going to tell you. Don't take my advice. But, um, it, it's it's from what I know, it's it's one of the better ones and um, blends in with the browser at that point. So that's kind of yeah. nice if you choose to go that route. Yeah, that is kind of nice. Um, and as far as I understand, you can now, it weren't at the beginning, but you can now uh, use the, the VPN outside of the browser as well. Yes. I mean, that's kind of huge. <laughs> uh, yeah, because uh, the browser is not the only thing you do, but I guess yeah, exactly. it's nice to have it like just for that, though, too. Exactly. So it is. It is nice. Um, uh, I'm. I'm not a user of the VPN, Me neither. but um, they they started out the VPN thing back in like 2018 mm-hmm. um, with their strict mode, where it would kind of mask your IP address. Yeah. And that's why there was that warning where it was like, well, some of the stuff on the internet might break, and it was because folks were doing tracking and weird IPs coming from all over the place yeah. looked weird, and then you just wouldn't get served up some content right. and. Yeah, it, just, it it broke the web. Um, it's a lot better now. Yep. Um, with total cookie protection, right? I mean, ingenious. Just ingenious. No website even knows that you're doing any kind of any kind of cookie shenanigans. It's yeah. that good. Yep. Uh, it it defeats most of any kind of tracking out there just simply because a website can't tell the difference. Yeah. And that's amazing. Um, but on top of total cookie protection, on top of the VPN, you get Firefox Relay, which mm. um, and and you know, shout out to uh, DuckDuckGo because they have they uh, DuckDuckCom. Yep, similar thing. Yep. And so Firefox Relay is you get a Mozmail essentially email address that you can forward everything to, and then it will then forward it to your real email email address so that you don't have to continue giving your real email address out. Yeah. Um. And and this is something, I don't know if Google does this, but I know iCloud, the Apple thing does this, where it'll just automatically generate you a new email address for every merchant that you go to so that yeah. you can immediately delete it when they start spamming you. Yeah. Um, and, and the cool thing, so you can kind of do this with Google by using a little plus at the end the of your yep. email address, right? And then, you know, you can just um, like block everything from that at a certain point if you decide that you don't want it anymore. Right. Um, but... Um, Duck and Mozmail, the the Firefox relay. Yeah, they're just completely will, separate. Yeah, right. And you can just delete them. Like you can delete them forever. Yeah. And you don't have to like set up some kind of rule to start uh, blocking them. You just not nah, that email address is done now. Now yeah. the uh, the hackers got it. Well, so and, and you don't have to worry about another email address to go check someplace and and log into right. and all of that jazz because 
all it does is just relay. It just forwards yes. right through. It is a relay. And one of the cool things that it does, and one of the cool things that Duck uh, com their their um, mm-hmm. relay service does, is it strips tracking right, out right. of emails as well, which means that by the time it gets to your real inbox, those silly little tracking images, yeah, the little click, pixel, click, the tracking pixel. Yeah, yeah, all that jazz. All that stuff is stripped out. So what you see is just the actual email without the tracking bits. And this is um and, and this is why I've kind of reverted to using um a uh an email client on the desktop. That's why I use Thunderbird. Uh because it it doesn't strip the tracking out, but it refuses to load any kind of active content on the page. Yeah, you can turn that off. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That that one's okay. I allow. Yeah. Exactly. Until you display it. And in that case, you know, you, you kind of ask for I kind of wish uh, that it would uh, strip that stuff out. Maybe that's something in the works. I don't know. But um, I mean, but I like that it prevents it from running on my machine in the first place, mm-hmm. uh, just simply because uh, I don't like that kind of stuff. I don't need you to know it's icky. that I've opened up icky. your email. Yeah. Icky is a good word. All right. Something that's uh, not, not icky. Another browser. But oh, yes. Not icky. Web panels. All right. So if you're familiar with Vivaldi, you know what a web panel is. But if you don't, like Leo is probably scrolling one right here in the middle yeah. of, of the page of of what the newest web panel that Vivaldi has furnished. And that is for the Mastodon um, web panel. And yeah, yeah. in addition to rolling this out as a, a feature, they rolled out their own Mastodon instance. And so this is a huge thing. And and people, like, it's the day this rolled out, like, thousands of people signed up and joined Mastodon that day because this brings it to a place that you have easy access to it, which is kind of yeah. nice. Well, I mean, they gave you the, they gave you the, uh, the Twitter signup thing where it's just mm-hmm. that easy. Yep. Here it is. Go here. Sign up. Follow the people you like. Just do some searches. Yep. And I mean, you know, uh, with it being backed by a company like Vivaldi, it's probably not going anywhere I don't anytime think so. soon. Um, and the fact that they bake it into the browser is just is just is just nice um, because there's a lot of difficulty in understanding how it is that you need to be using Mastodon, yeah. how to get started, how to do all this stuff. And Vivaldi figured it all out for you. They, they sure did. Uh, set up an instance for you. They integrated it into the browser. They make sign up really easy, yeah. I mean that that would that would explain why. Uh, however many people signed up on day one, Mastodon signups went whoop the day they uh, they launched that, and it's yeah. it's no wonder. Um, but I'll say the the feature works really good as a web panel, like because Mastodon as a page, obviously, if you shrink your your page down and you know whatever, it's reactive. Um, so the side panels and stuff will collapse down into just icons and you can, you know, slide it out further and then you have your side panels or whatever. But yeah. um, it's it's nice just having your Mastodon feed just kind of rolling there. It's not nice for your productivity, Leo. So if that's what you were looking oh, for. Oh, no. I, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. If if that thing was open off to the side, I would just get distracted so easily and start scrolling. Yeah. Like, Ooh, what did they say? Ooh, yep. what did they say? And, and Ooh, what did can, they say? Like, and so that's kind of nice. But then you can just hit the little Mastodon thing and it just whoop, collapses back up into the. Yeah, the rest of your page, and you're right back to business. So it would um, have to stay there. It's it's not like a it's it's different than a tab. So I I don't know how to explain it until you've experienced it. 
Yeah, and and on top of that, I mean, so Vivaldi's doing a lot of work, and and I mean, so we I, I joke a lot of times, and I say that uh, a browser is. Uh, about as complex as an operating system. I mean, it, it well, is. right there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if if uh, if Google has anything to say about it, the operating system will be the browser. Me? And um, Vivaldi is doing a lot of work to try and. Um, I mean, I, I guess do the same thing, really, because uh, they yeah, have but... they have a built-in mail client, they have a built-in calendar, calendar, they have a built-in feed reader, uh, and now they have built-in social media. So, so, so the difference there, though, is like they're not in it to learn about you and sell you advertisements. Uh-huh, uh-huh, they do uh-huh. want to sell you the services, um, which is fine. Like, I feel like if you want to sell me a service, that's okay. I can bite. Yeah. If I don't, then I don't want to be selling my soul to you. Yeah. And so that's and, uh, that's the difference. I feel like. But but they're they're giving you the whole enchilada. Right? Yeah. So I mean. Oh, if you do have a Vivaldi account, like if you have ever logged into the forums or um, you're using the mail, you can use your Vivaldi login as your Mastodon login. I, like it's it's oh, all cool. like authentication. See what I mean about simplifying the stuff? Yeah, so the right? authentication like, comes together like it should. Like that's yeah. kind of how that sort of stuff is supposed to work. Yeah, um, yeah. And so you can stay in that ecosystem and, um, you know, enjoy. I like that a lot. Uh, I like what they've done. It's a good job. Hey, you want to have a topic covered or have some feedback just like the, the rest of the show? Uh, <laughs> you can send us an email, uh, contact at linuxuserspace.show. Hey, listen, <laughs> we're, we're cutting it close. <laughs> we've already had a whole show. It's feedback time. Furical on Mastodon. Just send us a message. If you're looking for a history series concept, what about file systems? EXT, XFS, JFS, ZFS, etc., etc. Maybe too specific, but thanks for the podcast. I don't think it's too specific. Uh, I um, think it's, it's in the realm of possibilities. I think so. Uh, I like it. I do like it. So uh, stay tuned. Stay tuned. Yeah. So next up, Pi on Mastodon says, have you had a look at the distro Bunsen Labs? Yes. So I had heard that, um, and, and I went and dug it up because <laughs> I do history, I guess. <laughs> yeah. um, there's, a, uh, there's a forum post by Cornomial, the, uh, the leader of CrunchBang, the, titled The End. Mm. And it is, uh, I'll, I'll read the, just the, the, the first little bit off of it. I have decided to stop developing CrunchBang. This has not been an easy decision to make, and I've been putting it off for months. It's hard to let go of something you love. Dan, do you know who he blames this on? No. No, because I didn't tell you about it. No. And if, and if you hadn't read this before, you wouldn't know. I didn't read it. Crunchbank died because Lubuntu existed. Oh. Oh, you did it. You did it to them, oh. Dan. How, how dare you? You know, how I have that effect on people. You? We did a whole episode that uh, was titled that. So uh, you there do? you go. Oh, my God. It did, that, that, <laughs> that connection wasn't made. I didn't make that connection until, yeah, until you said it. Oh, boy. I have a curse. I, I'll admit, though, like I've used Bunsen Labs a couple of times. Like we tested it out on, on uh, Biddle or something. And um, yeah. it's got a lot of appeal. So. Yeah. Either way, uh, so Cornomial killed uh, the Crunchbang project, but out of the ashes of the Crunchbang project uh, came Bunsen Labs, and Bunsen Labs took 
the torch and ran with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and they're still uh, active today. As a matter of fact, I started looking into it because, you know, pie, um, the answer's probably, yeah, we're going to do that one. Because yeah. <laughs> um, they should have had, uh, I believe it's beryllium is what it was called, is the name of their, uh, the release that is based off of Debian 11, which should have come out around July time, but did not because they were doing a lot of back-end changes, a lot of things that were uh, cropping up and cropping up and, you know, problems that were cropping up that, um, you know, finally the, the the straw that broke the camel's back, they had to just get it done. And it was around the time that Beryllium was supposed to be released. So they pushed it and pushed it a little more and pushed it a little more. And now we're looking at a soonish Beryllium release. So... um so we're we're gonna have to see. We're going to have to see um, when Crunchbang releases, because I think what we want, what we typically do when we choose a distro is we try to uh, yeah. choose a distro that has recently, uh, you know, within a month or two, um, yeah. had a release, so that at least a few months, yeah, right. So we can have a more complete look at the history. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, let's get this last milestone in so that we can wrap that up put a nice neat little bow on it and end the uh the history on a high note. Right. Yeah. So I'm I'm waiting on beryllium and then we'll make a decision uh on when that's actually going to drop, but um it's going to be such a good history, I think. All right, so we had another one. Um I'm going to go through this one pretty quickly cuz it's a long one. So this is George H. I started using Emacs 20 back in 2000 on GNU Linux as it was introduced to first-year computer science students to type simple Java code to complement the introduction to programming course. What fascinated me was the automatic indentation and color highlight. I quickly realized it could be configured in a weird programming language, and my journey had begun. I fondly remember the feeling of tweaking a command or using custom to make it suit me better. I kept configuring and using it on the Sunray terminals on Solaris, while everybody else migrated to inEdit. And yet, everybody asked which editor I was using when they saw my screen, using big, readable fonts with bright, highlighted colors and a black background. Most never realized it was the same editor we started using on our first course. After that point, around 2001-2002, I never saw anybody else using Emacs directly, which stays true to this day. After dabbling with Xemacs and a long hiatus since around 2004 of using Vim at home and the odd Windows editor at work, I became an Emacs user once again in 2009. During the years, I've embraced and enjoyed the new features on each version, including the Magnificent 29 still being developed. One of the questions we always have is, why isn't Emacs more popular? I don't have an answer to how to attract more users, although there's been a huge resurgence in the last few years from adopted Vimmers, thanks to Emacs being better designed overall and evil mode. So I don't know either. I don't know the answer to that other than the the learning curve is steep. Yeah, it's different. So like we used it a little bit and I I didn't run away from it, um, but I just didn't know what I was doing. So no, we had a show to do, Dan. You couldn't run away from it. You promised. <laughs> There's that, but no, I, I didn't. I didn't swear it off after the show, right? I guess that's where I'm going yeah. with that. But it's just not what I know, and so yeah. it, it's gonna. I'm gonna have to keep going back to it a little bit, a little bit, and then learn it a little better, and then you know, really form an opinion on it. I guess. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think. Um... Indoctrinated is a is a strong word, but I, I I think you have to force people to use it for a while, mm-hmm. make them get used to it, and then 
you get to the point where you're like, okay, okay, can, I'm used to this, this now. Yeah. Meta key, control key, Emacs pinky, and I'm all right yep. with this. Yep. I, I think that's it. I mean, for the same reason that the Vim memes exist. For sure. Um, it, it is a bit of a uphill slog to get used to it. And I think that's that's it. That's that's that is really the only reason besides the slowness, right, which has been which has been taken care of. And, you know, maybe to make my transition a little better, I may go like evil and use the, the Vim key bindings a little more um, just to make it easier on myself so I can learn it a right. little better. I'll get back to it. I, I promise. Oh yeah, I, I, we're we're both Dan and I are pretty cyclical. We'll we'll come back to it again, but um, I, I it's it's the it's the research in me. I can't I can't read a cool comment like that mm, yeah. without clicking on the username mm-hmm. and then figuring out what else is out there by that particular person. Yeah, and I stumbled upon a set of four videos. Okay, uh, programming the PDP eleven. And it is an instructor, uh, a a uh, professor of uh, computer science, mm-hmm. talking to his student, and he and she both end up going back in time mm-hmm. to talk to someone that is programming a PDP eleven. <laughs> um, campy, I think, is the okay. word. Okay, okay, yeah, it is. <laughs> but it's it that is sounds actually. Cool. If if that is your thing, or if you can get past that, it's actually extremely informative. There are things about a PDP eleven that I would oh, yeah. not have ever known about the paper tape. Mm-hmm. That like like the PDP eleven, you could you could manually toggle in, and I'm talking like there are toggles in Octal mm-hmm. for you to flip up, flip down, flip up, flip down, depending on how you yep. you know what 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 you were trying to program, and you could input a program like that. But Boy. my God, is that tedious and slow. And then they introduced paper tape. Yeah, just feed it right in, right? Yeah. Yeah, it, it like punches holes, right? I mean, you know, essentially punch cards, it's right? Like a, but it's, it's like on a tape. reel, yeah. Yep. Yeah. And you feed it into this thing so that you like, you load the loader program and then you feed in the paper tape and then it just sucks it on in there and uh, and then it, it loads the program into like, what, the 32 kilobytes of memory yeah, that the thing had small. in the video. Yeah, uh, yeah 64 <laughs> was, the, was the maximum. Um, but, you know... I know the video was educational, but it, it was—it's uh, absolutely fantastic. I, I do think it's worth a watch. So, um, I'm going you know, to watch it, now. George. You, you need to <laughs> after this is done. You need to. I think it's like five minute segments, so it's like twenty minutes total, not even. Um, but it's worth a watch. So, George, thanks for the feedback. Thanks for making those videos. Yeah, <laughs> they were—they were really good. So this next email um, didn't actually come with a name. It had a domain, but I didn't want to put the domain out there. So it starts out, hi guys, I recently found your show and I'm enjoying it a lot. Thanks for the great work. I wanted to mention two little gotchas I found with Pass and Qt Pass, which I've been using for a few years now on either Ubuntu or most recently on Pop! OS. When you choose to rename a password file in the GUI, a dialog box appears asking you what you want to rename the file to. If you do not specify the GPG extension in the new name, the file will disappear from the GUI. You can go into the password store folder and you will see the file there without the extension and you can add it to make the file reappear in the GUI. Kind of confusing because the GUI otherwise hides the extensions for all your password files. However, in this case, you need to remember to use the extension. I'm using pass with Qt pass with a YubiKey for the GPG key I use to initialize the database. I'm not sure if the problem lies in glitchy communication with the GPG agent or what. But on occasion, I modify a password file and then click OK to save the change. 
The YubiKey lights up, asking for touch confirmation to access the private key. And somehow, when I touch the YubiKey, the entire password file gets overwritten as a blank file. All info is lost. I'm also in the habit of copying the password from the generate password field in the GUI and pasting it a second time down in the body of the file as a backup to the generate field. Just because I don't trust myself not to hit that generate button accidentally oh, yeah. and wipe out the password and then accidentally save the change. Thanks again for the great shows and positive attitude. But I think um, this is this is probably uh, one of the biggest reasons why I think the instructions kind of default to using Git. Yeah, you have that that um, version you know, controlling if something like this backup. Yeah, if you will, if something like this happens and you accidentally blank out a password, revert. Um, you have a history of that password store so that you can go back and you know pull it back because. Oh my God, it, it deleted my password again or something like that. Yeah. Um, but, you know, everything is encrypted. So it's not like, um, unless you've got shoulder surfers that can, you know, handle 32 <laughs> character passwords plus. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's not really a huge deal to just have it pasted um, somewhere. So, uh, you know, as long as it's in that encrypted, in, encrypted store, mm -hmm. it's not that big of a deal. Yeah. And I'll say, uh, so obviously this is software. It's uh, still in development you know, can oh, yeah. today. So, you know, bugs you have maybe getting worked on or have already been worked on. Um, so, you know, you say pop OS and I think LTS, you know, so sometimes if you're pulling from the repo, it could be a little, little stale. It could have some little glitchy bugs that aren't like showstoppers. Um, yeah. Yeah, you didn't specify, so maybe? I mean, I suppose if you've been using Pass and Qt Pass for as long as you have, you're likely up to date. But if you're not up to date, maybe. Yeah, maybe maybe, maybe it needs an update. So that's yeah. a possibility is, is where I'm going. But I, I guess on the flip side of that, if, um, if, if it's just a bug that's in Pass and Qt Pass, then maybe it's just a good service announcement, public service announcement for those that are using Pass and or Qt mm -hmm. Pass. Yeah. Keep an eye on that. Yep. And again, this is this is a good reason to have that version control. So just in case, yeah. just in case, because, um, you know, I, I know that resetting passwords and things like that is not the end of the world, but no, it's it might. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it'll save your bacon just to be able to pull out an old version and just say, all right, this is this is the password store now. Yeah, uh, we're reverting back. And I think this is great feedback because like this, this is like my limited use that I've had isn't enough to to have that right longevity if you will um you know i put a few passwords in there whatever and and hold on to them but i don't i don't get too wild with my implementation i, I don't go out there with bitwarden it, it's it's a password store thing that's what it yeah. does and i mean i i barely even touch the extensions for the most part mm. um bitwarden is just nice and isolated it is where it is and uh yeah so i'm i'm very um I'm a very light user of any type of uh, password management tool. Yeah. So, I don't know. Yeah, that's that's me. But uh, yep. it's, I think it's good to, to let others know, you know, where things are at as well. For sure. So, thank you. Thank you very much for mm -hmm. the feedback. Daniel. Imagine that. He, yeah, uh, he, another Dan. Huh. He, he, he writes in. He says, uh, may I request you cover some of the history of IPv4 and IPv6? I want to help push education of IPv6 and why it is very important that the world move to an IPv6 stack only. But we need a dual stack in the meantime. 
this is yeah, like this is probably in in our wheelhouse. I, I feel oh, like yeah. we can certainly bring this into the show. Um, it's Linux adjacent. It's it's in the tech field, yeah. but I'm in the tech field, so uh, this is absolutely something that I've thought about a whole heck of a lot. Right? And, you know, the conundrum of when is IPv6 ever going to happen? Um, yeah. But it is happening, though. It is. It actually is. It is happening. There were issues early on in IPv6's life that uh, that basically stifled the entire first decade. Oh yeah. Of its existence. Oh yeah. Um. But after that, it's been a slow, steady drip, drip, drip mm-hmm. of additional IBV, IPv6 adoption, and it's getting there more and more. You're seeing uh, even ISPs, yeah, you know, a lot. You an entire sixty-four or something like that. Just be well. I say an entire sixty-four. That's like that's about as small as you cut them down. I think it might be, yeah. You have these just massive, massive networks compared to IPv4. Um, so, I mean, already, like, you, you already have to change the way that you think about how you yeah, do network yeah. segmentation in the first place. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I certainly have, a, uh, have an interest in it. In it. Mm-hmm. I have a passion for networking, I, I, but I don't see why we, why we couldn't do something like that. I think there's a lot to talk about, though, about like decisions made and when they were made and and yeah. why yep, they yep, were yep, made yep. and all that stuff. So I feel like there's a lot of uh, room for opportunity, and uh, I wouldn't mind touching on some of that. I I will say, like, I think all of the less uh, you know properties that are on the internet, um, they might all be available via IPv6 as well as IPv4. Uh, oh. So we're we're part of the solution and not part of the problem, mm. is what you're saying. I think so, and and I like that. I like that a lot. All right, Leo. Uh, first up of the focus sessions. Focus. Keep it focused, and we're going to focus on the community here. Good. I like um, to focus on the community. So this focus session is Techno Tim, and Techno Tim mm-hmm. is. You know, he probably doesn't need my endorsement. He he has a bunch of followers already, but uh, I've really picked up a lot of information from him. So I really want to give him a plug. Um, he's he's mostly into the home lab scene, if you will, and so mm-hmm. he's doing a lot of Docker stuff and Docker Compose, which I know you're a fan of, and I am too. I um, am, and 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 stuff. You know, the self hosting scene, and so, but. He talks about that stuff, and obviously Linux comes into play, and open source projects that he's talking about. And, oh, yeah. And, and and just the way he presents the information is very calm, and um, I think very thorough. Um, so I think almost anybody can follow along, even if you're not, you know, a seasoned sysadmin, um, you can still watch and learn and get some insight on some of these things that we sometimes talk about. Yeah, it 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 helps to to watch a video like this and watch someone uh like this put something together to kind of demystify yeah what all the pieces actually mean. Mm-hmm. I mean cuz he does he really does everything. I mean there's there's Pi-hole out there, there's Docker yeah. out there, there's Proxmox out there, there's yep. Rancher, there's Kubernetes, there's Plex, there's Unify, there's Grafana, there's just all the things. Yep. All like uh, you know what SSL is and how to how to put that onto one of your servers, right? Like all of that stuff is out there, um, and and he makes it uh, accessible to folks that are not a ten year sysadmin vet, right? 
um, you know, just just deciding that oh, I want to throw Google away and all of that. Um, I mean, you might want to throw Google away, but Literally. this this yeah. removes the need for the ten years of experience. Maybe you just need a couple of years of uh, a couple of months of experience mm-hmm. with yeah. VirtualBox yeah, to kind of yeah, get actually. a feel for how things go together, and from there you can really start making some progress on serving up a lot of these things from home or yep. from a uh, a VPS that that you spend you know two three four five dollars a month for. And yeah, really start taking the data, I guess, right? Mm-hmm. The data about you and everything else into your own hands. And, you know, I'm always a, I'm always a proponent of something like that. The, the more that you can self-host, I think, um, without pulling your own hair out, without yeah, yeah, yeah. adding a huge amount of stress onto your day-to-day, don't, don't do it because it's not worth it. When, when you're stressing about your home lab all day and night, that's not good. Yeah. I mean... <laughs> that that that's going to hurt you in the long run more than it's going to help you but uh but i mean if, if you enjoy the kind of thing if you enjoy this kind of thing if you uh, if you like home labbing if you have an extra couple of like a raspberry pi or an extra pc yeah. sitting around i mean this is uh is a pretty good channel yeah, I think it is pretty to good. learn yeah. some stuff on um he even does uh even even for us linux folks he does uh like a good uh how to dual boot windows in ubuntu and I mean, that's something that I think uh, a lot of us run into. Can't go wrong early on. Yeah. Nope. Nope. And, and so, like, he puts a lot of his code on on GitHub too, so you can follow along in in a lot of the tutorials and stuff that he's doing. Yep. Um. So that's pretty great. So I, I say make sure to follow him on YouTube and Twitch and and stuff like that. And uh, I really love his uh, relaxed, down to earth vibe. Can't go wrong with that. So that's Techno Tim. Uh, link in the show notes. Next up on the focus, app focus. App focus. Ah, this one, this one is funny. So, uh, yeah, we got to go back to an email that we got way back. About 20 months ago. This is uh, from the CrowdSec folks. Uh, it says, we recently started a new Linux cybersecurity project and wanted to bring it to your attention. In a nutshell. CrowdSec is and always will remain an open source and free, massively multiplayer firewall able to analyze visitor behavior and provide an adapted response to all kinds of attacks. The game changer is that the solution also enables users to protect each other. Each time an IP is blocked, all community members are informed so they can also block it. We built this tool for the people in order to make security accessible to everyone. So my favorite thing about this is um, as I was re-reading the email <laughs> and uh, as Dan and I were talking about this service, because uh, Dan stood this up for us uh, in front of uh, uh, yeah. some of the stuff that we've got on the internet. Yep. And as, as, as we're looking into it more, as we're looking into it more, a light bulb came on and I was like, wait a minute. What dawned on me was that CrowdSec is a free and open source version of the multi thousand dollar oh, a year yeah. subscription that the big boys charge you for. Oh yeah. Now the 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 real key to this is the more people that see attacks, the more you can protect everybody else. Um but yeah, th- this is this is enterprise grade feature set that they that you really will fork over a ton of cash 
to be able to uh, to be able to take advantage of. Yeah, and we're getting to take advantage of it for free. Free. Yeah. Well, you uh, you remember last time, Leo, when we talked about Linux Lite, and we said mm-hmm. when everyone shares knowledge, you know, uh, everyone benefits, right? When you share knowledge, oh, you everyone benefits. What a callback. And so there it is. That's essentially what we're doing. We're sharing knowledge about different, you know, things on the internet. And so everyone's going to benefit. So what yep. the heck is CrowdSec? It's, it's a few things, really. All of them are wonderful, of course. It's an IDS or an intrusion detection system Meaning it can recognize when someone is prying at that locked door that you put up there. I'm speaking digitally, of course, and referring to your servers that are out there on the Internet. Um, You know, when someone is trying to brute force or crack their way in, this can raise a flag notifying something bad is happening. Yeah, and 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 we touched on this a little bit before because uh, uh, I, I was kind of uh, poking fun at uh, fail to ban. Yep. Uh and 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 I said they failed to ban right and and so you know when you think of IDS you don't have to think that it's uh, it's like crazy AI all kinds mm-hmm. of machine learning whatever I mean it's just a, a set of uh, a set of things has um, has happened yep. and uh, we're gonna alert you yeah it recognizes that little fingerprint that's that's uh, that's that's happening and it knows that that's the thing to watch out for. Yeah, to put that into context, like uh, someone logging into uh, or trying, attempting to log mm-hmm. into um, SSH on a server that they don't own and getting the password wrong a few times using usernames that don't exist right. on the system, that's a red flag. Mm-hmm. So that will <laughs> that'll that'll raise a red flag, and then and there's uh, with an IDS is usually like a push notification or an email or something like that that yep. gets sent out so that you are aware that something, something is happened. going on. So it can be. It can be super simple stuff, or it can be, uh, it, it can get pretty complex when when stuff starts rolling. So CrowdSec takes that a step further, and it is also an IPS or intrusion prevention system. So it isn't really enough just to alert, like we just mentioned, um, on the bad things. We also need to block that stuff from happening as well. And so when the IDS trips, it can it, the trigger it can make a firewall rule happen here um even if it's just temporarily right and and there's a there's a couple acronyms that that we've we've talked about so far IDS and IPS right yep. so so the only real difference is that the IDS is going to send you a message about something happening and the IPS the prevention system is actually going to do something about it and do in something. this case um crowdsec what it's going to do is it's going to set up some firewall rules to stop or slow Whatever it is that um, that raised that red flag in the first place. But it gets better, Leo. So oh. CrowdSec has all these built-in scenarios or like IDS things that, you know, things it's detecting that you can install based on the server role of, you know, or, you know, what, what the role of things are for this thing you have out on the internet. And, mm-hmm. and so it can watch for a whole bunch of things out of the box just by installing those. And then additionally, um, it has many bouncers or like the prevention system that mm-hmm. it can also interface with that and they talk to each other. So, um, for example, our redirect page is caddy uh, for the software, the web software. And so you install the caddy scenario 
and it can then oh. watch the caddy logs and take a look at all of the stuff that's coming through. Um, but by default, it also installs the SSH, uh, you know, module as well and watches right. that. And so the bouncer can then interface with, like, if caddy was just a reverse proxy for you, it could set up things just in caddy or you can set it up to use IP tables and block at the firewall. Like it, it is really feature rich and it's got these things that, that are just ready to go out of the box. You just install them. So if you've got like uh so if you've got something uh, that is moderately popular mm -hmm. um, like caddy yep, or Apache or Nginx, or I'm right. sure, you know, whatever, whatever, yeah, whatever thing. you want to throw yeah. out there, Plex, things like that. And it's got Nextcloud, um, you know, like a whole bunch of different right. things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Whatever, whatever service you're running, there's a good chance that CrowdSec has um, uh, these scenarios right? that it can check out the logs. When something looks fishy, then the bouncer comes in and starts saying, all right, you know what? All right, no, we're not, we're not allowing this yep. particular traffic anymore. Absolutely. And so on top of that, like obviously you can log into the machine and there's a way to get the metrics right there on the machine and stuff. And um, they'll, like if you turned it on, you could even get the, 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 the GUI, you know, web metrics back out of it and stuff now you speak in my language when when but, i have pretty pictures and graphs to go along with these these things that are protecting me yeah um i that's that's my favorite but you don't have to do that because there's a great console that they they provide for you right out of the box like all you gotta do is sign up for it and so your agent the bouncer agent and 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 the scenarios and stuff they report back to the console and then you can see, you know, all of your alerts and where they're coming from. And they got nice little pretty, more pretty graphs for you, Leo. And so mm -hmm. um, it lets you know which things that it's triggering on and how many different scenarios that it's watching for. It's super fantastic. It really is nice. Mm -hmm. And all of your machines can report it to the same console so that you can see all of them in the dashboard at a glance and... uh that's kind of nice too, you know, having the the single pane of glass where all your things are reporting back. It's nice. I like graphs. What can I say? Oh, yeah. Pretty colors, graphs, things that move. I like it. it. I like it. Put it up on a screen permanently, and then uh, I'll just watch it from time to time. I I, I think it, it 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 helps keep things clean and uh, and protects your internet assets that you have out there. Protect your assets, folks. Protect your assets. One final thing. On their, their their mission statement says, our mission is simple. Make the internet a safer place for everyone. Next time, the history of Gecko Linux. Ooh, a few thoughts and whatever else we can cram into the show. All the things. But in between shows, you can catch us on the old Twitter, Mastodon, Telegram, Matrix, Discord, YouTube, Tilvids, all the things. I'm, I, I know I missed something. I'm sure I did. Yeah. But in the meantime, give us your suggestions on our subreddit or all of the aforementioned places, because as you can see, I'll pull feedback, comments, and everything from everywhere and join the conversation. All the links in the show notes and on linuxuserspace.show. So, Dan, where can we find more of you? You can find me at KC2BZ on Twitter still. 
maybe. And definitely at KC2BZ on at Mastodon.social. It hasn't melted down just yet. So you can still find me at Leo Chavez on Twitter and, of course, at Leo Chavez at Mastodon.social. Join us again in two weeks uh, for more Linux user space. Yeah. See you then. Bye. Yay, look, yay, stayed up the whole time. So I think I'm going to try and do that. Okay. Uh, Hollywood was in the repos. I was going to oh, try yeah. and do Hollywood, uh, but it didn't work. It just, like, relaunched HTOP. No. What about, like, C-Matrix? Um, oh. You'll need to give me a list of all these things so that I can have them running back uh, there. Yeah. What I don't want, though, is, like, fluid things. Like, so I didn't want BTOP on there because BTOP has a... Something, you know, and I'm, I'm overthinking it. But if I cut something out of it, then it's going to, like, jump up 10 minutes. Mm, and yeah. then, you know, yeah. that one nerd like me is going to be like, hey, wait a minute. You know, but like like as if we don't edit the show. I know, I'm overthinking it. That's yeah, just we have to edit the show. Ma- Matrix shouldn't be bad because, like, that's enough uh, busy stuff going on that you're not paying attention to that. Yeah, because BTOP has a, has a uh, time historical thing. Yeah. Um, and if it just goes like like that, then you know it, just, it would just look weird. Yeah, and well, you, you yeah, can't now, but I'm gonna. So in post, it will be zoomed in quite a bit more. Yeah, it's a different camera, um, right? Yeah. So, and uh, yeah, it is a different camera, and and I'm not, uh, you know, it might still be okay. Um, it, you know what? This video will decide whether or not I get to do something fancy like B top.